0: Hey there everyone welcome to the league life episode three my name is schnaz also known as sam schnazzy my colleague here at fox sports in the stats department is nathan brooks also known as brooksy nathan how you doing buddy
1: good afternoon sam i hope you've been well as well it's been a good week so the week after the christmas new year break it's always a tough one to get back into work but we seemingly have uh, done it well
0: the League Life is now a reality. We're up and running. This is the third episode, as we've mentioned. What's our social media information there, Nathan?
1: Okay, so we've created a Twitter account. We're on the Twitter. It's at League Life NRL, And we're also on the Facebook. And we can be found as a page under League Life Podcast. So get liking, get following, get retweeting.
0: I don't want to alarm you, but all of a sudden you're talking like my 78-year-old father, mentioning the and then some sort of internet website.
1: Well, that's our demographic that we're targeting, aren't we, As We're looking at the older folk, but also the younger folk. So they know what the Facebook and the Twitter is, but I think we need to get them, the older people, assimilated.
0: My dad's always on the Google and the YouTube. I haven't got much sleep. I'm not going to lie to you here, Nathan. Uh, I've been watching a lot of National Football League. Both our teams that we follow are in the playoffs.
1: And playing against each other in week one. It's a soap opera. Who scripted that one?
0: I'm a Minnesotan Viking, you're a Seattle Seahawk. We're both going to be looking forward to that 5am clash. Speaking locally though, the great 49er himself, Jared Hayne, is back in Sydney as of today, Wednesday.
1: He got his first touchdown of the season at Sydney Airport. Yeah, yeah, good touchdown. He had a good season. I think you know he's gone into a territory where not many Australians have and he's somewhat performed well. Uh, He did have some moments, and we all do have those moments. Yeah, I think when you break down the numbers, he had a pretty good season. What do you got there? So his rushing stats are 17 rushing attempts for 52 yards and converting four first downs. He got some receiving yards as well. He caught six balls for 27 yards and had two first downs there. And on his punt returns, he had eight attempts for 76 yards. What do you think of the season, Schneeus? I think... It was pretty successful, don't you?
0: Absolutely, and he was always going to be ridiculed particularly by the Australian press more than the American press because Australia loves the tall poppy syndrome. He had a lot of doubters, a lot of people who, to be honest, probably don't follow the code that much and they were speaking way out of their of their schooling and they thought, I oh, wouldn't even get a start. But from that preseason, which is pretty much where he tore it up, you knew
1: he was going to get some game time.
0: A lot of those... You mentioned, I think, four
1: first downs? Yep, four rushing first downs, and he got two receiving. I can think of at least
0: two that led to a touchdown from the next either play or two. So they were important plays that he was involved in. Uh, his first touch, actually, in the NFL was against my Vikings, and he spilled the ball. But from there, he really lifted, and he made a few errors. But, geez, he's been playing the game for, like, two minutes. You know, hes I think he's done really well, and I'm actually excited by him being there and it'll be very interesting to see what happens to him next season but I applaud the guy.
1: After that error to get these sort of numbers like most players would have probably been sent to the training squad straight away and potentially not played another game thereafter but to get some of those numbers look it's it's not exactly Adrian Peterson or Marshawn Lynch in our cases but I think it's a definite successful season for an Aussie who was only really given it less what, what nearly nearly a year to achieve this?
0: I think each time he was um, put back on the bench, so to speak, it wasn't necessarily even he was doing things wrong. It's just that more experienced guys were over their injuries or come from other places to play for them. And I don't really think his demotions were the classic demotions that you know you, you're going terribly, get out of here. It's more like you're doing a job. Yes, you can improve, but we're we're still happy to have you around. Go back to the practice squad for a month and learn your routes and that kind of thing. And, you know, I'm just very interested now to see what he does for the uh, Australian Legends football team who play the mighty Liverpool Legends.
1: You might put up some similar numbers. Who knows? But do you, as a question, I think he's made this choice to do the NFL, to play in the NFL and to give it a shot. Do you see him being in the NRL in either 2016 or
0: 2017? I would say 100% not next season. And from there. Depends how he goes. If he has a disastrous season or if he gets maybe one or two games in the NFL next year, he might look to come back and finish his career on a massive high. Uh, he'll obviously always be welcome until he can you know, no longer play anymore in the NRL. But I think he's a guy that really relishes the challenge and I definitely don't see him back in 2016.
1: I guess his future might be a bit uncertain with the firing of Jim Sula last week. Someone
0: will pick him up. Yeah, if he doesn't stay there, he's got too many skills. You know, anyone can see that. You don't have to be a Parramatta Hills fan or a New South Wales Blues fan to see that. If you're, if you're the coach of the Tennessee Titans, you know who Jared Haynes is and you know what he can do and what he needs to improve on. So happy to have him back. Uh, We'll give him a shout out, a a league life shout out to Jared Haynes. Well done, and we look forward to yeah, welcome back. We follow us on Twitter, and we look forward to seeing what you can do in the future. Jared Hain, one of the best rugby players in Australia,
1: getting his first football action and looking good.
0: Okay, we've spoken about the NFL, Nathan, but our listeners, they're here for the NRL, the National Rugby League. We're going to do team previews, which we've discussed in the past few episodes. We've we've been promising them, and here they come. So we're going to be covering the bottom teams to the top teams. That's how we're going to do it. And today we've got the bottom three teams. Plenty to discuss. Do not turn off. It's going to be riveting. We're going to start with the Titans, who finished at 14th. And unfortunately, Brooksy, they're in the news this week for really, really bad reasons.
1: One of their promising young guns, Kane Elgie, in their first training session back after the break, has ruptured an ACL and will be out for the rest of the season. It's a disappointing injury having a look at the team. There is not that much depth in the halves. And this is obviously somewhere that they were trying to recruit to last year. It's not looking good for them early on in the preseason.
0: And he was going to be their starting half. There's no doubt about that. A guy who really impressed me in 2015, Nate. Sometimes these guys, you you can just tell. And the NYC career was really good. And he's older than his years. And he'll come back from it. But it's a real, real loss for the Titans, as you mentioned. They're going to struggle big time.
1: So it looks as though two, two of their recruits, Ashley Taylor and Tyrone Roberts, will be their halves combination from round one, unless they do some recruiting.
0: The other thing they could do, Nathan, is throw in Greg Bird, which I know we're against, but I just think it's one of those things where he's the fallback guy who could maybe play five 5/8s for them. I, I don't think it's his strongest position at all, and... They would probably do better with Tyron Roberts and Ashley Taylor there, but whether they give them the right amount of time to uh, gel and get some results is another matter. If they get desperate, they might look to the Birdman.
1: So I guess we'll have a look at some of the other players that they've acquired over the offseason, Schnaz. So we did mention Roberts and Taylor. They also got Chris McQueen, who we mentioned in episode two. They brought back Nathan Friend at Hooker. And they also got some veterans in the forward pack with David Shillington and getting Zeb Tayer from the English Super League. What do you think of their gains this year?
0: A guy like Dave Shillington had a cracker of a 2015 season, but his form was missing for years and years. You know, there's the old rumour that it's contract time, time to perform. I don't know the guy. I'm not going to say that's what happened. But he had a really strong 2015 for the Raiders, uh, Nathan, friend, I quite like. He's very reliable and uh, he'll tackle till he can't tackle anymore. And he's a veteran, and I don't mind those acquisitions. I think Zeb Tayer's, you know, an honest bench player. I'm excited by Ashley Taylor. I think that he shows a lot of promise. He played the one NRL game last
1: year, got injured. Compound fracture of the finger, wasn't it? This is during the game. Oof.
0: The fact Wayne Bennett threw him in there means a lot. I get a bit worried when I see guys like Will Zulman, who actually I don't mind as a player. Say, for example, he was in the centres. Josh Hoffman would be in the fullback position. I, I don't know. They've got players in the back line that can play, but compared to other teams, I think they really, really come across as a bit average, I guess.
1: That's what I flagged their outside back depth as being an issue. And I guess now if they want to reshuffle that and put one of those two in the halves, then that's going to be an issue. Their losses this year are Aidan Caesar, James Roberts, Kevin Gordon, Nate Miles, Ben Ridge, Dave Taylor, Brad Ty, and Matt White. Oh, and Khalifa Fi Law. I think we've got to mention now that we are talking about those outside backs as being a bit thin.
0: Uh, the second half of those losses you mentioned, eh, whatever. But the first half, significant. If they'd kept James Roberts, for example, in hindsight, you'd go, oh, well, they've still got that. Game-changing centre.
1: Let's put Elgie on the losses for this year as well. is, like he's, he's signed up to 2017, so he's, yeah. he did re-sign over the off-season for two further years, but one of them's gone now. The forward pack is
0: veteran-like and, and quite strong. Imagine the back row of Ryan James, Chris McQueen, and Greg Bird. It's it's pretty good. As we've discussed before, I'm not a huge McQueen man, but I can see that he has some value even when you get to the bench, though, Nathan, like, what's going to happen on the bench, do you think?
1: You look at the bench and you look at some of the players, like you've got probably you're looking at Dave Harler, you're looking at probably Zeb Tayer. I would even think of considering putting Ignatius Parsi on the bench, but it looks like he might be starting up front with Shillo. I think their strength is probably the back row. Their outside backs, well, this is uh, this is how I see them probably lining up out there. You've got probably Hoffman, Don, Zilman, Nene McDonald, and David Mead as you one through five. What do you think? think of that
0: it's not real flash there's a bit of pace there but skill factor and it doesn't excite me brooksy
1: yeah there's some veterans there in hoffman and zillman you know anthony don he's a decent winger i don't mind him don is good
0: he's the most improved really player in 10 years i'm gonna say that
1: most improved in 10 years do you remember his
0: first season with the titans
1: yeah 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 i i sort of remember it
0: diabolical but he's, come on, he's actually improved a lot.
1: And you see whoever ends up on those wings of the Titans have pretty good, prolific seasons. Like, remember Gordon and Meade had been going at it for that try-scoring record of the Titans for the last few years. You had, like, the likes of Jordan Atkin, you know, Anthony Don were mentioning. Last year was a pretty good season for him. Like, I think whoever... For, like, if he's still on the wing and David Meade's still on the wing, I think they've got some strike power out there in in terms of scoring tries, but... It's just a matter of being able to contend with the other 15 teams on a week-to-week basis.
0: Now, you mentioned that, and should they have an average or below-average season like we think they might struggle, their crowds could become a bit of an issue because, historically speaking, they don't really uh, fill out that stadium on too often a basis. Their membership this year, how's that going? Do we know how that's going?
1: Okay, so their membership's at about 3,608 as of Wednesday afternoon. Having a look at their website, and this is something that you were touching on about the crowds. It is actually one of the better membership websites of the NRL clubs,
0: as in what they offer, or the actual site, or both. both.
1: It's a very good site, and it also has very good options for members to grab tickets. Not only just having the membership on a game-to-game basis or just the home games, you've got flexi packs and ticket packs as well. Like this is the ticket pack is a bay near one of the try lines on. The opposite side to where the cameras are and they offer 5, 10 and 20 ticket packages. So if you bought a 20 ticket package, Schnaz, you could go to 20 different games, which you sort of can't, but you could go to all the home games with some left over or you could organise 19 of your buddies to go to one game and sit in the same bay.
0: Could I do that for the Sharks game maybe by... 20 tickets and then go, watch the sharks with 20 my mates?
1: You could do that, but at the prices at which they're offering them for, it's like ten dollars a head. Ooh. So you're getting twenty tickets for two hundred dollars. Okay. Also with their memberships, what I thought was awesome is that any adult membership, you get a free kids membership as well. So for instance, if you're in the Titanium membership, which is their high end membership, it's five hundred and forty nine a season. But for your kid as well, it's five hundred and forty-nine dollars.
0: Well, it's good to see that they're doing things off the field a bit better than the past few seasons, and that can only create a better harmony throughout the club. Which hopefully for them, we'll see them uh, rise above certain people's expectations and have a have a good year. As I said before, it's the NRL, and anything can happen. You know, for me, whatever team, the critics, you know, the the well-respected educated critics, whoever they pick as the wooden spooners, they don't even come close to wooden spoon. I love it. As a Sharkies man for years, oh, Cronulla wooden spoon. Kron- okay, we got it two years ago, but that was justified. <laughs> but, you know, uh, what I'm saying is if you're a Titans fan listening to this, don't get too down in the dumps for what people say. It's It's a new season and, yeah, you've had some injury news, but, it's a new season. You never know what's going to happen.
1: They've got some good veterans that they've signed. You know, We've talked about Shillington and Friend and McQueen. Shillington's come from Canberra. Friend's come from the Warriors. McQueen from South, who had a relatively young team last year. They've all had these guys, and they've been looked up to throughout their careers at each of those clubs. So who knows? They might have a really good junior base that they're going to give a run to this year, and they might gel. And Neil
0: Henry's a pretty good coach. He's not going to die wondering with his team. He's going to give them... You know everything that he has, and and hopefully the team can take that out into the field.
1: He's faced a lot of adversity throughout his coaching career, and I think this is probably the one coach you would want at this sort of circumstance to be able to rally the troops together and put out a good season for their fan base. Seguiaro, last tackle job with a chip, ran into the back of Faloon, took the dive. That's not forward. I thought that everybody.
0: Next up on our previews, Brooksy, we have the Newcastle Knights. Now, they finished 16th, and just like Yaz said, the only way is up, baby.
1: They started off amazing in 2015, 4-0. And in their last 20 games, they only won four of them. It was a bit depressing uh, for Knights fans in the back end of the season. They sacked Rick Stone. Danny Badiris took over. They had a few injuries. 2016 is a new year for them. They've recruited well. They've got a new coach. It'll be interesting to see how they perform.
0: I'm really fascinated by how some of their losses are going to be dealt with and the actual impact the losses are going to have because I'm not completely convinced the likes of Kirk Gidley and Bo Scott are going to leave that big a hole. Now, I'm just going to declare that I'm not a massive fan of either player. Certainly see their worth in what they do individually, and I can see a guy like Kirk Gidley being an amazing club man. I wouldn't take that away from him. But I think uh, for all their pros, they both have a lot of cons in their in their week-to-week game. So I want to see how the guys that take over uh, their positions go. What do you
1: think about that, Rooksy? Speaking about Bo Scott's departure, I think the back row seems pretty solid. Like, they didn't have... Tarek Sims for a couple of games. Robbie Rocco was injured for a lot of the season. So their back row of probably Jeremy Smith, Robbie Rocco, Tarek Sims, I don't think they're really missing that much not having both Scott there. They also recruited uh, a warrior, David Barner, who was a mainstay in their Holden Cup teams for a couple of seasons. I remember him leading the tackle counts a few se- the few seasons I was working on Holden Cup. So they're getting a bit of a workhorse there. Having a look at their losses um, across the board, including Gidley and, and Scott. Adam Clydesdale went to the Raiders. They've lost Chris Howson, or he he was released um, over to the English Super League. Clint Newton retired. He was mere depth, I guess, for the forward pack. And obviously, as we talked about, Tyrone Roberts to the Gold Coast. So they did they did lose players. They did lose some names. But like you said, I think they can be covered well. And you have a look at who they gained. They probably made one of the better signings ...of the off-season.
0: Before we get to that, I want to add Chris Houston to that list of Kirk Gidley and Bo Scott. Again, a veteran clubman, Probably not that old, actually, but sometimes you need to let these guys go. And in my opinion, they're not match winners. And the fact they've been there for so long and they're one of the boys and all that kind of thing... It, sometimes you need to let some of these players go. And I think not only for their careers but I think for the club as well it's going to be good. I think I have no doubt Kirk Gidley's going to tear up Super League. I think he's that kind of player.
1: It's a new era. Do you think do you get that?
0: Yeah. And we'll get to Nathan Brown in a little bit. But you're talking about the gains. Am I guessing that Trent Hodkinson is the big one they
1: bought? Yeah. I think pairing him up with Jared Mullen could be a very good prospect for the Knights this season. Two, Well, they're getting to veteran stuff? I think you could call Jared Mullen a veteran compared to some of these halves combinations that you see out there. Yeah,
0: I don't know if Hodko is yet, but...
1: Yeah, he's He's experienced. He's, he's experienced. played origin. Yeah, yeah. So, Jared Mullen only played 10 of the 24 games for the Knights last year. The Knights won five and lost five with Jared Mullen in the side. They were 3-11 and without him. But he has been a bit injury prone. He's only played 26 games over the past two seasons. So that's been a bit of an issue for Jared Mullen over the past couple of seasons.
0: Speaking of those two halves, Brooksy, I've got a uh, little piece from a News Corporation article from this week, and it's talking about the relief that Jared Mullen is feeling now that Hodgkinson has arrived in Newcastle, in the Hunter region. And basically he says that he hasn't felt this much sort of freedom since he partnered with Andrew Johns. Because obviously Andrew Johns ran that club and so Mullen had more time to work on his own game whereas in that absence of that kind of player Mullen became a leader and he was more worrying about getting guys around the park and kicking and that kind of thing but here he says I've been busy organizing everyone else and not worrying about myself when the strongest part of my game is my running game so there's a little bit of a hint for Newcastle fans that you might you know barring injury have a bit more of a free-running Jared Mullen.
1: And one of the salivating things for Knights fans as well is they're both locked in for three years together. So this isn't just going to be a one-year contract, see how it goes, sort of thing. These guys are going to be their halves combination for the next few years, which is something, like you mentioned, there have been players that have come and gone in the, at the Knights in the halves since Joey, and this looks exciting. We don't know what injuries are going to be down the path, but... You know, I think that this is this is a key these are two of the key positions and they've locked them down with two quality players.
0: My only concern, and you just reminded me of it, is that both players are injury prone. Trent's had a lot of injuries in his relatively young career. But it's a new year and you can bounce back from that. And a new club might do him the world of good. I think it'll be very honest halves pairing. It'll be more workman like than Flash, but I but Mullen, you know, the show and go and and he can make a break it's definitely a new lease on life Nathan Brown has been appointed I'm pretty happy with that decision I haven't been a Nathan Brown fan all my life mostly because he coached your Rotten club the St George Laura Dragons but to his credit three out of four seasons he made the finals
1: yeah and he's he's got a pretty good record since leaving the Dragons over in the Super League he won the title with St Helens in 2014 he came back over last season with the storm. And also worked with the Origin team with Laurie Daly. So he's got a three-year contract too, which is another great thing that they're locking down these players and, see, and, and coaches and seeing them as the future. And I think, you know, he left the Dragons. Bennett came in and two years later they won the title. I think he's definitely got some motivation there to do something similar at the Knights where Bennett was. Two years after Bennett has left, you know, and that's and this is where the tables are turned for him, which which could be interesting and could be something that Knights fans could enjoy the ride for.
0: Not only more experienced as a coach, he would have, he would have matured as a person. He's away from the club that he grew up in. I think he's going to have a a lot more of a, a serious head than we've seen in the past on him. Uh, and I'm interested to see what he can do with the Knights. I think that he's going to take the job very seriously. He's going to be more of a coach than a mate which has been a bit of a complaint about him from certain people in the past. You know, he's still a little bit old school too, so it's it's. I think he's not necessarily going to have a boring game plan. I don't know if he's going to be a hit-up-five-tackles-and-then-kick kind of guy. I think he might try and reinvent the way they play a little bit.
1: He brought in Mick Potter as one of his assistants and kept Danny Badira. So Mick, he played with at St George pre merger, and obviously Danny Badiris, one of Newcastle's boys. And you know, I think that's a good mix. He's got someone that he's can trust in terms of you know where he's been with other clubs. Mick Potter was actually here's, here's an interesting fact he did some research, Naz. Mick Potter's been in Fiji and he's been coaching their under 20 side, and he was also involved with the New South Wales under 16 side last year. I'm really liking what they're doing here in terms of maybe not only developing their juniors, which is one of the biggest junior bases in the NRL, but also being able to tap into Fiji and having a look at what's happening in New South Wales with regards to under-16s. Mick Potter's going to bring that, obviously. They've got a team there. That you know, they've they've done they've obviously got those years of experience with certain clubs in certain areas and this long term plan that Matt Gidley's sort of putting into the club is I think it's gonna bear fruit, not just probably next year, but later on down the track for longevity rather than oh wow, we made the finals, all right, we've ticked that box. I think that's what Newcastle wants. They want a successful club. And a consistently successful club, yeah,
0: because they're making the finals, what, every four years or something, and then giving it a little bit of a shake, and then they're the bottom of the table for three years, kind of thing. They're they're in and out, sort of.
1: They're currently holding the wooden spoon in the NRL and the A League. Like Uh-oh. this is the city's going through a bit of a lull period in in their professional sports, and you know the only way is up, like you said. But this is a great start. And I guess getting back to the younger guys, I I really like Tyler Randall. I think he might be stepping into the Kirk Gidley boots in terms of being that utility. I think he showed some promise. He scored four tries last year in his 20 games. He's making a lot of tackles, and he hasn't been making that many errors. On 840-odd possessions, he only made five errors.
0: Mick Potter ridiculed from pillar to post for his work at the West Tigers. In reality, Jason Taylor didn't do too much better. We're going to get to that in the next preview really shortly. But people seem to forget, and you've reminded me of it, that he worked with some young players who have gone on to play seasons of NRL. Your likes of Luke Brooks, Mitchell Moses, who improved, James Tedesco. So he obviously gets on okay with the younger blokes and can show them a little bit. And I think that might be a strength in his role at the Knights. The recruitment side of things as well, as you mentioned. I, I like the way... You've painted Nathan Brown, I think it is really a really thoughtful way of, of going about the season. Because as I said, when I first heard of Mick Potter going there, I was like, what? what, what why, why is he getting the job? But then, you know, I used my brain and I thought, oh, he's got a bit of experience. Yeah, it's going to be very intriguing to see what happens with the Newcastle Knights this year.
1: I had a look at the draw schnaz as well for the Knights, which was interesting. They've got an Anzac Day clash this year. They'll be kicking off Anzac Day proceedings at Hunter Stadium against the Manly Waringa Seagulls.
0: I've got so many jokes to make. There are eight games on Anzac Day, right? Are they gonna fly Lance Thompson up there for the Anzac Day clash? Oh it'd
1: be great, wouldn't
0: it? Just get get them all out the sideline.
1: It's gonna be the slap bowl. You've got Trent Barrett. You've got Nathan Brown already coaching up there. Get Lance Thompson up there. Let's, let's reenact it and see how it goes and see how they all feel after it. It could, be, it could be great vision. It could be one of the highlights of 2016.
0: Can I tell you that I remember watching that with my old man at my parents' house. He, less so than I, uh, obvious St. George hater, and it was one of the greatest things I've ever seen.
1: Back end of the season, they got four of their last five games at home, and four of them are consecutive home games, rounds 22 through, through to rounds 25. So that's not a bad run for the Knights at the back end. They've got four home games in a row. 22 to 25. Holy Toledo. They finish up at Cogra in ooh, round 26 against ooh. Brown's former club, the Dragons. What a great way to finish the season. Great storylines, isn't there? I like their team. I think... The Sims brothers have to step up. I think Tariq's going to be a bit fired up that he left the Cowboys and they won a championship. Corbin looked good last year, and I think those guys have to really perform in order for the Knights to contend this season. You've got the halves. Gay guy, Dane Gay guy, I think he's a good player. And I think Sioni Matiati has got to step up again to a season like he did in 2014. Fullback's a bit concerning. Jake Mamo is a good player, but... Is he going to be your Tedesco type? Is he going to be able to score and set up tries? They're obviously going to improve off the bottom of the ladder. I just don't know if they can make the finals. But as we said, it does look promising for the Knights. Last
0: bit of news of the Knights for the moment. As of today, they cracked 8,000 members preseason.
1: Manning on the loose ball, throws and not the best opponent.
0: The last preview for this episode is a little team called the West Tigers. Little team? Two teams in one.
1: Two teams in one, yeah. One of two, t- one of two teams with two teams. What the hell are you talking about? Oh, no, I don't know. Continue, Schnoes. The West Tigers, they can find a headline. I was going through the off-season for the Tigers and had all these funny jokes and things that we could talk about. It hasn't been good. I, I'm just going to mention some names without going into too much detail. Matt Lodge and his trip to the US, one of the worst trips to the US I think anyone has ever had. Could not believe some of the things that were coming out about that scenario. And I think we should just leave it there because it's being dealt with. It's quite serious. We shouldn't joke about it. It's serious. Curtis Sirenan's Twitter account.
0: Uh, Can we talk
1: about that? Uh, That's all I'm going to say. Or it's been, I think he shut it down shortly after it was a
0: humorous moment for a lot of rugby league fans but i guess the reality is it's people's lives
1: being dealt with here and
0: i think either all players should have three years of social media education or no accounts at all
1: and just better passwords in general throw a few numbers maybe an at sign i'm going to challenge people to log
0: into our twitter account nathan in all seriousness.
1: Oh yeah, ours is a doozy. What the hell
0: were you doing? Uh, it, yeah. oh, we haven't discussed this off air, people. This is legit. This is not a skit. Nathan Brooks sent me the password for Twitter. Not only will I never remember it, I struggled copying it.
1: Yeah, even if you copy and paste it, I think you're probably one character off.
0: I love the subject matter, but maybe rugby league players need to follow the likes of Nathan Brooks, not only on Twitter, but also the way that they uh, handle their password situation.
1: brookspasswords.com.au forward slash join. Uh, that's where you can sign on and get an awesome password from me. But, yeah, it has been a terrible off-season, and also for the Tigers, and also talking about the Farrah situation. I, there was there was a week there, where, or a couple of weeks, where you were just like, is he or isn't he going? They signed Matt Ballon. It's... It's a mess. Uh, The off-season for the Tigers has been a mess, and I hate to see this with such a, a great, I think, a great club, with the Magpies and the Tigers forming this club to represent the west of Sydney, and unfortunately, this off-season has been probably one of their worst. They've got some really good stars in that team, and unfortunately, we've been talking about other situations instead of them.
0: Yeah, but even when you talk about some of those stars, Brooksy, it's still going to get very complicated. Yeah. Should we get into the number nine?
1: Which number nine? And that this is the question that I think a lot of people... I think
0: JT has said that, barring any incidents, that is going to start, which obviously goes against what he said in previous times. They brought Matt Ballon, the veteran Matt Ballon, Premiership winning Matt Ballon.
1: I struggle to think that he's not going to be one of the 16 starting hookers in the NRL. Do you think hookers are very deep position in the NRL? I don't think it is. Farrow was gone.
0: Then he was going to play Reggie's. Then he was going to play for Liverpool Football Club. Now he's back as the starting West Tigers hooker. I believe the quote is something like it's his position to lose. Matt Ballin will train very hard all summer. I don't think if JT keeps that line of thinking that I don't think Matt Ballin will. I don't think Matt Ballon will force his way into the starting seventeen. But do you carry a hooker on the bench? I'm not sure. I I also struggle to believe that Matt is going to play reserve grade all year as
1: well. I tried to find what sort of contract situation he was on. I found on zerotackle.com.au... dot com dot au that he's got two-year contract remaining with the Tigers at $950,000 per season. Per season? Per season. That's what they've got him as quoted as being for the next two years per season. I had a look at the numbers with and without Robbie Farrell last year, and you might be surprised to find that the Tigers were 7-10 and 10 with Robbie in the side and 1-6 and six without him. So that win was actually, can you remember... I reckon Tigers fans and probably South Sydney fans will remember around 14, Tigers 34, South 6. And the Tigers did it without Woods and Farrah. I think they've got to make do with this situation and, and make sure that he's the number nine throughout this season at least. And, yeah, Matt Ballin, he... He, his role at Manly had been, I guess, had gone. They'd signed Coruscant and they've got Matty Parcell from Ipswich. I think they've got to run with him. I think his numbers looked pretty good last year. He played well against the Warriors and in that late, in the late rounds of last year and he showed that he still belongs in the NRL. I think they should give him a go and and not have this like uncertainty clouding him for the end of his career.
0: I think if the club was better run at the time both probably in the coaching department and the admin department particularly, they would have addressed the problem a lot better. So, okay, they wanted to get rid of him. That's a well-known fact. Well, is it financially possible? Are we going to gain anything from it financially? No, we're not. As in, we're still going to have to pay him. Can we hold on for another two years with Robbie? We probably can. He's obviously a good first grader. He does seem to clash with the coaches a lot. He does seem to have a lot of authority within the club on and off the field. Uh, I don't know the guy. I never met him. I have a bit of an issue with the things that I hear about him and the way he goes about business. But as I said, whether that's true or not, it's just a lot of smoke. There might not be any fire.
1: It keeps coming up, though, and that's, yeah. that's the issue. Of, like, I think he's a good player. I think there's something off the field that's happening. We don't know, and I'm not going to speculate. I think
0: to, to make it at that level... Sometimes, not all the time, because some of the guys are actually quite shy and and reserved, but a lot of the players do have an edge to them in confidence and and a bit of cockiness, and I don't begrudge him with that, that's fine. But I would argue that he's not as relevant as what he was, Nathan. Uh, He's a good defender still. His attack, to me, has become a little bit pedestrian. His kicking game is solid, probably nothing, anything more. Certainly a first grader, but... That money is outrageous, in my opinion only.
1: You know, he's got the young halves at his disposal in Moses and Brooks, uh, and I think it's time for them to take some of that load off him, and he's got to distribute that ball to them and, and look for them to create a bit more. You tend to think Robbie does do a lot of the creating and kicking himself, and I think this is probably a season like Kobe Bryant's having in the NBA with the Lakers to let the young guys learn and obviously control what's going on with how well the team performs i know it's hard to swallow with nine nearly a million dollars a season uh tied up with robbie but yeah i think i think this is the case I, i have a look at the team and the way they've been structured like i had a look at the contracts and whatnot they've got at the moment they've got 15 guys under contract for 2017 So there's a lot of one-year contracts this year. They're looking to the future with that in mind, that they don't have any long-term contracts. The Farrah contract is the last of the old era, and I think they're trying to push in a new era come 2017.
0: Jason Taylor, is he going to see out his contract in your opinion?
1: I, I think he has to. Like They've got rid of Sheens, they've got rid of Potter early, they have to see out this contract. They've got a new CEO, Justin Pascoe, who came from the Panthers group. And I don't think he wants to keep that culture around for the Tigers. Paid Sheen's off for... And they've, they've obviously got rid of Mick Potter. They got rid of Benji. There's been rumors about Farah. This has to stop. This has to stop at the club. And... I think hopefully Justin's coming in and he's trying to change that. And, you know, this is a decision from the previous previous CEO and the previous board. But, look, he wants to put his own stamp on this team. And I think that it seems like this whole Farris situation has cooled down since his appointment. We can only see. We can only see how he goes over the next couple of seasons. And, and answering your question again, I think he will see out the contract. I think that's what they need to do. They need to keep some stability in the roles up the top, particularly coach and in the boardroom.
0: If they're one and six start of the season, I'm not saying there will be.
1: If they are, well, they got five of their first seven games at home. So, which home ground though? It could be a mix of a bit of Leichhardt. Campbelltown
0: and ANZ, but... Uh... They've been everywhere, man. On a positive note, because we're not here to bash people, on a positive note, two names for you, Brooksy. Aaron Woods. Yep. James Tedesco. Aaron Woods oh. impressed the heck out of me last year.
1: That, it's funny. Those two players are, I I think, two of the most exciting players. One, the most exciting back, and one, the most exciting forward. Woods has done the hard yards.
0: He's old school on, on a young head. He's got a personality, which we love. But his his stats and his meters and his his effort was was A-plus last year, both uh, for the Tigers and also for the Blues. And um, he's one of the best front rowers in the game. I believe he's been named captain. He is, yeah. And hopefully that lifts his game. I don't know. how to, It might not affect him at all. Or it might make him a better player. Who knows? He's going to have a massive role in how they go this year obviously up front and Tedesco is very very exciting we know that he can cop an injury but we're hoping that he won't have a serious one you know again in his career very exciting from the back a playmaker as well in his own right again another player who plays a major role on how they're going to go in 2016 from an attack point of view
1: you look at Woods he's turning 25 in March He's played over 100 NRL games. He's played the last eight origin games for New South Wales. And some interesting stats that I found on him. He's 10th in average metres per game. He takes the second most tacklers per run to be brought down in the NRL. And it's just by by a very minute number to David Clemmer. So... He averages 149 metres per game and he gets nearly two and a half tacklers to bring him down every run that he makes, which is obviously second most. He's been awesome to watch. It's not just how he conducts himself on the field, but off the field. He seems like a very easygoing guy. I think he's got a lot of respect because he does do all the hard work. He will bust out 20, 30-odd tackles as well. They're ringing in a new era. They've got their new captain, and I hope that Aaron Woods stays at the Tigers for the rest of his career because I see him being the face of this new era. And back to Teddy, he scored 17 tries. He had 17 try assists. Like, no one did that last year in the NRL to be able to score and assist tries. He's everywhere for them in attack. You look at that, he scored or assisted 34 tries. They scored 87 tries. That's nearly 40% of their tries, Schnaz, that's a, That's amazing. Yeah,
0: he's an important part. It's going to be interesting to see what happens to them. The media are going to be all over them.
1: And they have been. This is an important season. It's an important time.
0: Most most clubs have been through this um, dramatic period. And as fans, probably fans of an age have experienced this kind of era. I've experienced it probably two or three times at my Sharks fandom. Uh, you're a Steelers man at heart, of course. You've been there. When you're in the spotlight and you do anything wrong, they act. Absolutely fry you, pretty much the Sydney press, I guess. It'll be interesting to see how Jason Taylor and his players uh, adjust to the new season. They're going to have to have a, a decent one, I think, for everything to kind of continue on as is. Otherwise, we might see some changes. Uh, I don't think we've heard the end of the Robbie Farris story. That's just my opinion. But we'll see where that leads us to.
1: When you look at it, and you look at their recruitment, their recruitment's non-existent, right? Apart, we mentioned Matt Ballin. Michael Checam came over with him from Manly. Joel Edwards, he could be, he could be something. He could be something for them. He needs to find that form back when he was at Newcastle. He sort of went missing a bit at Canberra, and I think this is a fresh start for him as well. They recruited Justin Hunt from the Dragons, and Jordan Rankin is a blast from the past for you. Jordan Rankin, one of the youngest players to ever debut in the NRL, will be at the Tigers. And as well, Josh Drinkwater. You're not inspiring me here. And to think that who they lost, Martin Tepau, Pat Richards, Keithy Galloway. You had me at Tapau. Just him and Woods in that forward pack is just, you know, that's intimidating in itself. And it would have been for years to come. But unfortunately, they lost to to Manly. And what a good trade that was. Ballon and Cheekam for Marty to power. Well, ballon we think will get some uh, some game time, and he'll be
0: healthy for him. He'll 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 do a good job. He's he, he's not very flary, but he's an honest hooker with a lot of experience. Uh, he'll get him around the park, and he'll tackle beyond anyone else probably. But I'm a little worried about the Tigers this year, Brooksy. I'm a little worried. Whereas with Newcastle, I can see the optimism. The Titans is probably more circumstantial now. They've Lost their halfback. The Tigers worry me a little bit, but having said that, if Robbie comes out and proves a lot of people wrong, I think it'll go a long way for them to have some success.
1: Who finishes higher on the table out of the Titans, Knights, and Tigers?
0: Well, the Knights will finish the highest, and I think it'll come down to in all I'll say the Tigers will finish higher than the Titans but I'm not I wouldn't sort of place any money on it
1: I think the Knights should be aiming for the finals I think they could have a team that could sneak into the top eight the other two teams I think they are looking at probably a season where they do gather themselves they find out who they want to keep long term like I mentioned with the Tigers they've got some short-term contracts there and I think that yeah, this is a building year for both these clubs to be in a better position in 2017.
0: I think if West Tigers were a happy club, I would probably give them more of a chance of having success in the upcoming season. Now, they might become happy in the off season and they might bond and gel and everyone might become brothers again. And And, and I think then they might have a chance of sneaking somewhere because they do have the talent. Farrah at his top level is really good. Tedesco is really good. Woods is really good. Brooks and Moses have a lot of potential. So it's not like they don't have good players or, or, or that potential, but I, I just want to see it gel and consistently. I want to
1: see him win a bunch of games, not one, then lose two, then win one. I, I'm a little worried. One more thing about Robbie Farrar just come to my attention, thinking about his injuries – last year which stemmed from origin the ac joint new shoulder and he played on in that match as a sharks fan and you have paul gallon who's played season in season out with new south wales would you want robbie farrah and this has already been on the record from laurie daly saying that robbie is going to be their number nine do you want robbie farrah playing origin in 2016 if you're a tigers fan
0: I personally wouldn't, but I'm not really that hard up about the New South Wales Blues. The Gallon situation is a little bit different because he's the face and he's the heart. And, you know, he'll admit it too. In the past, he's been very open about that, sometimes as much as his club team. And that's his opinion. That's his right. He does that. He, he, he works for that. Uh, as someone who pays a lot of money to go see Gallon play every year... It does irk me a little bit. But as I said, I don't really have a great love for either of the Origin teams. I love Origin, but I'm not one of those people that would give their life to see one of those teams win. I, I'd give my life to see my club win. Uh, Robbie's probably got two to three more years on Gallon to play. Gallon's got one more year, you'd think. And also the Sharks have never won the title. Robbie's done that. Gallon hasn't done it. It's a little. I, I see where the argument is. I personally don't like any of my players playing Origin, so that's that. I I think it'd be all right for Robbie to play next year.
1: I think with Ballon there, exactly. I think that's that's a really good thing. And exactly. We did, I I when I saw the signing, I thought it was you know we obviously talked about that you know Farrell was a bit iffy whether he was going to be at the cl- or in first grade or not, or whether another team was going to take on some of that contract. But I think now I think it's sort of enables them to put a top-quality hooker in for 24 games this year. I hope that he gets through the origin period. I want to see him play a full season, and I want to be able to gauge whether he's worth that because I reckon he thinks he's worth that, and I think a lot of Tigers fans think he's worth that And for what he has done and what he is doing. So I want to see him come out. I want to see him play a full season. And I want him to showcase where he's at in terms of being a hooker. He is the New South Wales number one hooker by Laurie Daly standards, and I want to actually see that. I'm a bit sceptical. I see a few other hookers out there in the league being probably better options at Origin, not to mention being the better hooker, I think, with an all-round game. But I want to see him perform on the on the field, and this is a big season for him. And I think it could shut a few people up if he does. And on and on.
0: wrapped up the first one but he's pulled out the fifth ace out of his sleeve. The Brooksy, that unfortunately brings us to the end of episode three. It's been a real pleasure to do this again with you.
1: It's always good chatting to you, Shnaz, about NRL.
0: Thank you. We do it on a daily basis here at Fox Sports Stats, don't we?
1: Yeah, we do. We do.
0: We want to say thank you to everyone who's been in touch and on our social media sites. We really appreciate it. Thanks for listening. If you can tell your friends and your neighbours and your family, even your enemies, that'd be wonderful because we want to spread this as far and wide as we go. It's a growing thing, so bear with us on that matter. Where can people get in touch with us, Nathan?
1: So we're on Twitter, at League Life NRL, and we're on Facebook, League Life Podcast. You can reach us both there. We want you guys to be able to vent any frustrations and talk about things debate issues we want that from you guys we want to talk about those issues in podcasts we want to get you guys involved in as much of this as possible so it'd be great to hear any feedback or any issues that you may have with regards to the nrl just send it through
0: it's also going to be fascinating to see which of our nfl teams goes through to week two of the playoffs People are saying Seattle.
1: I'm saying Minnesota. I'm thinking a massive Seattle win, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. And I'm not just saying that because you're a Vikings fan, I'm a Seattle fan. I just think... No, I think it'd be close. It's the arrogance of being a Seahawks fan. This this is what what I've done the last few years. Uh, We had some good years, and then once Rusty and Marshawn Lynch and Pete Carroll, they all turn up, we should be winning three straight Super Bowls. If only this was a vodcast, you could see Brooksy... And his hands
0: and his movement, the meshing. Minnesota, Nathan, have quickly become one of the best defensive teams in the NFL. I unfortunately think your team is going to win, but I don't think it'll be a blowout. I wish you the best of luck. I wish all of our listeners in Seattle the best of luck. We're going to get going when you get out of here. We'll see you again next week for more previews. Please do get in touch with us. Brooksy gave you all the info. Just go back on this little podcast and a listen again. You'll get all the info again. Thank you very much. We'll speak to you next week on the League Life. Jerry, see you. See you later. Marcus, bye for now.